You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Hey, Bible students. In this video, we'd like to address the issue of human rights as it relates to the past three videos where we've been speaking about good and evil. Now, you may not be able to make an immediate uh, joining, uh, join these two things in, in your mind, but I want you to follow me through on the scriptures that we will use in order to see how there is a, a problem, really, for Bible students when they look at human rights and they look at what God is trying to do. You remember, maybe if you've seen those videos, that God is the one who is able to, uh, he's the author of good, so he is able to bring good to people. Certainly the earth was was made very good and all life upon it. God also, uh, contrary to many people's ideas, is also the author of evil. And he has brought evil into place in its proper position to to renovate society, to be able to do it so that it will bring forth the purpose he had intended. Then we had a video on how God has a unique ability to bring good out of evil, something that people practice, they try to do it, but God is a master at it. And we tried to illustrate that by the verses that we looked at last week. So this time we want to look at human rights. And the reason for that is because <clears throat> when you look at what the United Nations has to say about human rights, just look at what this quote says. Everyone is entitled to all the rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration without distinction of any kind, such as race or color or sex or language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin property, birth, or other status. So it's pretty inclusive. And what I'd like to focus on, because there's many things we could focus on here, is this what you see in yellow, religion. Because when we see the United Nations saying that, you know, everyone has the right for their religion and to think as they like and to worship as they like, when you read the Bible and you read, for instance, what's written on or was written on the tables of stone, God gave these by writing them on stone himself. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 7 says, you shall have no other gods before me, in place of me, no other gods alongside of me. That's what God taught. So you, you see immediately a problem here for people who are living in a country where they are exercising human rights and stand for human rights. And then they see what God says, which conflicts with what those human rights say. That's the issue we want to address. So human rights versus God's rights. Let's get it straight. Here's what the Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, 
nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you can see that I've put in yellow again the, the specific word we want to look at, that is idolaters. So what you see in the Old Testament is not forgotten. God says it again in the New Testament through the words that he gave to the Apostle Paul, along with all the other things that will exclude people from his kingdom. So yes, they have a right to do it, but if they want to be in God's kingdom, then there has to be some restraint. Now, this topic needs to be brought up at, in, a, in another, or brought up and, and developed in another sense, because in a world of human rights, the Bible student has a responsibility. And here you can see it expressed by the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 3, verse 18. God says, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. Well, this means that Bible students who are the ones who know what the Bible says and therefore ought to be the ones who are the watchmen for others are supposed to give warning when they see this clash between human rights and what the Bible says are God's rights. God's demands, which he rightfully does as the potter does to the clay. That's, that's what we've got to think about. Now, we talked in our last video about a little period of respite. In other words, there are clashes in our life between human rights and God's rights. But there are times when we have a little period to think about our reply, to think about what our response will be. And that's a critical time. So as Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11 stated, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. So if you're, you know, just driven by human rights, then you won't take the time of respite to think of how you might alter your ways to please God. But God's sentence against an evil work will come to pass. So it's just not executed speedily. Will it be repentance? Will it be an attempt to justify sin? Or will it be more disobedience? That's what people have to decide in the period of respite. You know what the law of the land says. You know what the law of the Bible says. And Bible students need to be able to look through this carefully. What will we do about it? Well, God's servant Lot provided a warning. You see, he was told by the angels in Genesis 19, verse 12, have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever, whomever you have in the city? Take them out of this place. That was the words of the angel. And they went on to say, for we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord Yahweh, and Yahweh has sent us to destroy it. So, well, the human rights of Sodom allowed these things, but the rights of God were being trampled by them, and God was going to show as an example of how this worked out. So 
In the next verse, we read, Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place, for Yahweh will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. What a sad commentary. That of all the time he had to spend with these people at this critical moment, at the time of the period of respite, when they had a chance to do something, they thought he was joking. And so this, this city was consumed in the fire and all the people that were in it were likewise consumed. So this period of, of respite allows us ourselves to be warned. And it's a time when Bible students have got to get into action. Like we've got to tell people, we've got to warn people. Not that we necessarily want to disturb them just to get you know them to be aggressors, but that they will turn from their way. So in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 31 to 32, God spoke about the nation Israel. And he said to them through the words of Ezekiel, cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed. Get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says the Lord Yahweh. Therefore, turn and live. That's what God was trying to get these people to do nationally. And I showed this picture of Tel Aviv because you see, he was talking to the house of Israel. And this city didn't really exist just a little over 100 years ago. It was just sand dunes. But the way it has developed is not the way of God. And in many cases, there is, there is no speaking of the God of Israel. There's no reckoning according to what the prophet Ezekiel was told to say to the people of Israel. So it's time to warn the incredulous, those who are the skeptics, those who say, well, God won't do any good and he won't do any evil. Now, in Canada, we have a penalty for promoting hatred, and that's related to human rights and it's related to religion. For instance, in Canada, and this is a quote I have from the uh, people who are writing up this law, but in Canada, it means that you can get fined or even go to jail because on something you say. You say something on Twitter that willfully promotes hatred, and you could go to jail for two years in Canada. So people who have formed human rights really want to see it enforced. And they want to see people who are speaking God's word essentially um, muzzled so that they don't have to hear this thing. And they, they seem to be able to promote on the idea of you express it when it's saying something which the world or the government or these people who advocate human rights say is hatred, you're in trouble in their eyes. So there's a, a period of temporary respite where we get a chance to think this over. And look at what happened in Acts chapter 5 to illustrate brethren who were Bible students who, who knew these things that they were speaking, uh, uh, things that the priests and the authorities of the day did not like. So what did they do? Well, in verse 17, the high priest rose up on all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees. They were filled with indignation with what these people were doing, these disciples. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. 
But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, there you can see uh, an historical outworking of the clash between what the society was saying that people had to do and what God was saying the people had to do. So here's a secure prison. And these people were put in there for what they were saying in the, in the temple. And yet God sent his angel, no problem with the angel, opened the door, brought these people out. There's no suggestion there was any fighting or any warfare there and told them, get back into the temple tomorrow and keep saying what I said you should say. Now, these are the kind of things that build us up in our faith. They don't build us up to be ridiculous about our faith. They build us up to, to think it carefully through of how we would react to these things. You see, God offers people forgiveness and eternal life. There's nothing in this society, Western society, Eastern society, any society that can offer people eternal life. And God does that. So in this same quote that we quoted earlier from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and the earlier verses were just prior to this verse 11, when he talked about those, those actions which we find in society all around us, which God says, you do that, you will not inherit eternal life. And yet he was going on to say to the same Corinthians, and such were some of you. And they were, you know, inhabiting these temples. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In other words, it's possible for people who were involved in these sins to forsake them and to get out and to please God, and God will give them eternal life. So there's no reason for ever developing hatred towards people. What we want to develop is the action of love to offer these people eternal life, which they surely will not get if they don't listen to what God says and follow his instructions. So, Bible students, we are committed to do what God says. In the last words of the Apostle Paul, recorded in 2 Timothy chapter 4, here's how he summed it up. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Why? Well, he goes on, for the time will come when they will not endure sound teaching. That is sound, healthy teaching. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up to themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now, I want you to just think a bit about that verse two. You see, a Bible student is compelled by God's teaching to preach the word, to set out to people the ways in which their life is wrong. When he says to be ready in season, out of season, you could think about as whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you are to convince, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and teaching. That is the only hope that people have, is to be reformed. Otherwise, 
they are lost and they will die and they will never awake again. We have a tremendous responsibility and a tremendous power to help people who are in the dregs of society, people who maybe even want, desperately want to get out of their way of life, but don't know how. That's the responsibilities we have, the overriding responsibilities of a Bible student in a country which elevates human rights. Now, we have one video left in this series, which is what I would like to address in our next video. And it's uh, a video that speaks about peace and safety. I think that is an interesting topic for us to investigate because of the time in which we live, where we're seeing wars develop, that we're, we're wondering about where it's all going. And God speaks to us in the scriptures about a period of peace and safety. That's next week. Until then, Bible students, continue to read your Bible and don't be afraid to preach the word to help others have eternal life. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.